just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. For those of you that uh, celebrate Thanksgiving, if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, hopefully you had a chance to get together with friends and family, because that's really what it's all about. The turkey's nice, and the holiday's nice, and you can either like it or not like it. But when you can get family and friends together and spend some quality time, that's what's important. We all lead busy lives. We all have plenty of things to do, and sometimes there's long spaces between the times we see our friends, relatives, and loved ones. And that truly is the essence of life, so we should make more time for those things. And when something like Thanksgiving comes around, and it's tradition to do that, I look forward to it for myself. I get to see some relatives I haven't seen for a while. I get to see my grandkids, which I will do at the drop of the hat and go anywhere to do it. Because it's wonderful looking at those young kids. You look at them and you realize they are, in fact, the future. And how we care for them now will depend on how that future looks. We're at a moment in time when we're molding them to be the people they will become. And that's why it's important for us to cherish them, take care of them, and mold them in the kind of people that they'd want to be and we want for them. So, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever the holiday is, if it's a moment in time when you can come together with your friends and family, it is a beautiful time, and you must take advantage of it any chance you get. Now, we'll talk about some of the news going on. You know, with the holiday, it's kind of more spotty terms of what's happening. It's maybe not quite as horrific as some of the things we hear sometimes during most weeks. But there's plenty of news to talk about, and there's some things that are kind of scary. I want to address one thing, though. I've been hearing this a lot. There's this rumor going around that Joe Biden is going to replace Merrick Garland with Hillary Clinton. Well, that's an interesting story. And it would be ironic if Hillary Clinton ended up charging all these Republicans who thought she was the devil. That would be funny. That would be ironic. But I'm not sure where this story came from. I've told you before, when I see stories, I usually like to try to dig it up and find out what the origin is. Find out how truthful it is and what the true facts around it are. I can't find anything on this. I don't know where it came from. And to me, it almost seems like somebody pulled it out of their ass, started uh, spewing it, and then people thought, yeah, that's a good idea. And then it just got bigger and bigger, and now more and more people are reporting that, yeah, I hear the rumor is. I want you to be careful of stuff like that. I mean, this is how the Republicans and the Trumplicans got started. Oh, election fraud. (laughs) It got repeated and repeated and repeated until everybody thought it was true everybody in the Trumplican side. And of course, we know it's not true. And of course, we know it's absolutely ridiculous. 
So when I hear this story about Merrick Garland being replaced by Joe Biden with Hillary Clinton, I see kind of the same situation. Why would he do that? Well, he might very well have trouble with Merrick Garland down the road because he may not be as aggressive as he'd hoped he would. But Joe Biden has also said he's not going to interfere with the Department of Justice. And that's really the way he should play this. The Department of Justice is a separate but equal branch of our government. Donald Trump interfered with the DOJ over and over and over again, and that is unethical and should not be done. Joe Biden knows better, and he promised not to do it. So the idea of him replacing Merrick Garland a short time after he has been appointed and then stuffing Hillary Clinton in there seems a little, I don't know, unlikely, I think. But I'm troubled by the fact that this rumor gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and there doesn't seem to be any substance to it, at least for what I found. So if any of you have heard this rumor and know more than I do of substance or whatever it is, that can actually prove that this is being considered, please let me know. But to be perfectly honest with you, uh, an administration isn't going to leak this sort of thing out. They're not even going to talk about it because it would cause such an uproar, and it's going to impact all the existing DOJ investigations. I don't see it happening. might be cool. It's an interesting story. I don't see it happening. Merrick Garland can do fine. If he proves that he cannot do the job or not the job he's supposed to be doing, well, then he could be replaced. But they're not going to do that within the first six, seven months. I just don't see it. That's not how Joe Biden does things. That's not how it's normally done in our government. You know, unless there's some kind of malfeasance or some criminal activity and Merrick Garland isn't going to do anything like that. So when you hear that out there, ask questions. Ask where you heard about it. What's the substantiation to it? That's what I'm going to do, because if it's true, I'd like to know. But if it's just rumor, something somebody made up and it got away from them, I don't care to hear it. We have enough bullshit in our news. We have enough bullshit in our government, conspiracy theories and all these sorts of things. I don't want to hear them anymore. We need to focus on the things that are serious, that are important, that really impact our country. We don't have time to be distracted by shit like this. Anyhow, as much as I'd like to say it would be cool <laughs> to watch the Republicans as she was appointed attorney general, I just don't see it happening. I think if they got rid of Merrick Garland, they'd put somebody else in there. Uh, that you may not even know. Not likely Hillary Clinton would be put in there. Now, if he does it tomorrow, I'm wrong. I'll own it. I'll admit it. I just don't see that happening. So let's talk about some of the things that are going on in this country. Well, an interesting story, and this has been substantiated. I believe the Washington Post put it out, or maybe the New York Times. And apparently, it's been found that Laura and Eric Trump apparently had some burner phones on January 6th. Now, you know what a burner phone is? That's one of those phones you buy at Walgreens that are kind of generic. 
don't really have any direct contact to you, something somebody uses if they're trying to hide something from their spouse, from a from their company, from the HR department, or even from the local police. Because it's really hard to track who made the call and what was on the call. And I'm sure Eric Trump and Laura Trump thought that to be the case. But we're talking about a federal level. And as much as it would be hard for somebody to track down information on these burner phones on a local level, it ain't no problem for the FBI or the NSA or anybody like that. I mean, you can destroy the phone, but whatever was transmitted, whether it be text or calls or those sorts of things, it's going to be held in the cloud some fucking place. And if you've got somebody with enough power, like, say, the NSA or FBI, they can get it out of the companies who have stored it. And when they do, that's going to cause some problems for the likes of Eric and Laura Trump. I mean, let's be perfectly honest with you. These are wealthy people. They probably have very nice phones. Why in the world would you need a burner phone for January 6th? Seems a little ominous, doesn't it? And the interesting thing is apparently they spent, what, $375 on burner phones? So how many burner phones is that? I mean, to the best of my recollection, when I've seen uh, burner phones in Walgreens or CVS or wherever you buy them, they're like 60 75 bucks. So that could be five or six burner phones. So the question is, who else got them? There's talk that Mark Meadows, the chief of staff for Donald Trump, had one. Maybe Donnie Trump himself had one. But it's going to be very interesting, and this has to have the Trump family very nervous at this point. You know, they keep claiming that there was no insurrection, that it was a bunch of tourists or a, or a nonviolent protest and that they had nothing to do with it. It just happened. It just popped out of nowhere. But we know that some members of Congress are going to be called on the carpet because they were involved in giving tours, maybe helping to plan, staying in contact while it was happening. I mean, we know that, well, I think it was Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor Greene that texted out exactly where Nancy Pelosi was in uh, during the insurrection, put out their battle charge cry of 1776. You know she was connected. You know she had talked to them prior to the event. But this has got to get Eric, um, Laura, and the others a little nervous at this point, a little bit nervous, because once they track down this information and they attribute it to these clowns or whoever else was doing it, it's going to be hard to deny. And we know they love to deny shit, but they can't deny this. As much as they thought it was hidden and they were smart, they weren't that smart. They were thinking too small. They didn't think on a federal level. To be perfectly honest with you, they thought this insurrection would work and none of this would come to pass because Donald Trump would still be in power. And much like we saw for four years, all of the criminality and the corruption would be hidden or held out of the public eye. When that didn't turn out the way they wanted, now they have to deal with 
all the prospects of uh, it being exposed. And once it's exposed, what are they going to do? It's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult for them to denounce this or say it's not true. So we're going to uh, see how it happens. And then we're hearing about uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend, Kimberly. Kimberly Guilfoyle. And that woman's scary. I don't know. I, I, I don't mean to face or body shame anybody, but there's something about her that just looks evil. Uh, I don't get it. She, she used to be a reporter on Fox News, so that gives you some sense of the kind of human she is. But the other thing they uncovered in all these investigations is that Kimberly Guilfoyle apparently put together a fundraising campaign to help get money for these insurrectionists to come to Washington, D.C., to stay in Washington, D.C., and do whatever they plan to do, which clearly ends up being an insurrection. So we have the Trump saying we had nothing to do with this. Yet Donald Trump incited these people. Eric and Laura Trump, they have burner phones to communicate with God knows who. You have to presume it's the insurrectionist because there would be no other reason to have burner phones for Laura and Eric Trump. The only reason you get burner phones is to hide something, not expose something that you might be ashamed of or might be illegal. And they had them on January 6th. Then you go to Don Jr. He was out talking on January 6th, helping to incite this insurrection. And in addition, his girlfriend, Kimberly Guilfoyle, was doing the fundraising to help get these people here. Now, when you look at all those things, how can you deny that the Trump organization, the Trump family, wasn't involved in this insurrection? Of course they were. I mean, who had the most to gain from this insurrection? Donald Trump, the Trump family. So who are you going to blame? He inflamed these people, got them mad, got them scared, got them worried, and pushed them to do what they did. But Donald Trump, the Trump family, and the Trump administration was the only one that was going to benefit from our government being overthrown, democracy being undermined, and this insurrection working. Now, they're so arrogant, I'm sure they thought it was going to work. There was no problem, no big big problem with getting it done. But uh, as luck would have it for them, it didn't work. So now they're caught between a rock and a hard place. They've got a DOJ that's not protecting them. They've got a president not allowing them executive privilege. And they've got a House Select Committee digging deep into this and trying to find out what's happening. I know it's been slow for a lot of folks, but things are starting to fall in place slowly but surely. That's how, unfortunately, this goes. But from what I've seen out of the House Select Committee, there is going to be some amazing and crazy things exposed ultimately. The people who were responsible for this insurrection will be exposed and they will pay a price. And the Republicans are going to pay a big price because what's going to happen is once you find out that somebody who is in Congress, 
in the House of Representatives, or the Senate for that matter, if they helped these insurrectionists. The only option really is to expel them from Congress. Think about that. If you've got 10 Republican representatives and or senators expelled from Congress, they're going to have to replace them, and no doubt they'll replace them with the Republicans, but aren't these Republicans who are going to replace them? They're going to be a little nervous. They're going to be watching their P's and Q's. And what is the country going to say, and how are they going to think, and how is the Republicans going to be perceived once they find out the criminal activity that not only did underhanded things, but tried to destroy the very country we all love and hope for the best for? This isn't going to go well for the Republicans. And it's slowly but surely starting to get exposed. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, nothing's ever going to happen. That's bullshit. A lot is going to happen. A lot is going to be known. So you just have to relax, wait it out, and see how it goes. You're probably thinking to yourself, well, we only got till 2022. That's only a year. Then things could change. You don't think the Democrats know that? You don't think that they're planning for that eventuality? Trying to protect themselves by getting this stuff out before the election in 2022 to not only benefit from it, but get it out before the Republicans can get in if they do. And I don't think they will, but if they do, they'll just try to cover everything up. The whole investigation will be over. Now, the talk from uh, the House Select Committee chairman, Uh, Benny Thompson, uh, he's suggesting that it should be done by the spring, which will be enough time to get everything exposed and out there before the election in 2022. So we'll see if that happens. I mean, talk is cheap in Washington, D.C., so we don't know if it'll work out that way. There are all kinds of other problems. But if it does happen that way, it's going to time out perfectly. You see, people in this country forget They forget a lot, and they forget quickly. And so the closer you can get it to the election, the bigger bombshell it can be is going to make it more impactful for the uh, election in 2022, and that's what they want to do. I know the Democrats have been known to be kind of patsies in this all, But they've learned some lessons from the time when Obama was in office and uh, when Trump was in office and watching how the Republicans do things. Now, they'll never be the Republicans. They aren't mean and tough enough. They aren't bullies. But maybe, just maybe, they have watched closely and learned from their lessons during those times and found ways to protect against it. There's more to come with the House Select Committee. We've got these documents that uh, are going to be released from the National Archives. And yes, Donald Trump was successful in getting a stay in the last minute. But they're going to have to hear this case. And I thought it was on the 30th. Maybe it's the 1st or 2nd of December, but in that area, not too far in the future. And In spite of the fact you think that Donald Trump is going to slip through the cracks here again because he's going to court and they'll just let him have his way. I've said this before. I'll repeat it again because, as I say, people tend to forget. 
the three judges that are going to be deciding this case, two were appointed by Barack Obama, one by Joe Biden. So he's not coming to a court that's friendly. They gave him the stay only to make sure there are no hitches when they throw down their decision. And make no mistake, they can't decide to give this guy executive privilege. There's no basis in law to do that. Executive privilege is Joe Biden's ability. Donald Trump doesn't have that ability anymore without Joe Biden giving an okay. And we know, of course, that he doesn't. So now they're going to go to court November 30th, I believe, coming up pretty quickly. And he will lose that case sometime early December. Then no doubt he'll take it to the Supreme Court. But that's the final step he has. And because there is no basis in law, because they don't want to be controversial about it, they probably won't accept the opportunity to hear this case because there's no reason for them to hear it. It's already been turned down by two courts and there is no basis for what they're claiming. In fact, the last judge that heard this case pretty much ridiculed and laughed Donald Trump's lawyers out of court. So the chances are they're not going to hear it. They're not even going to listen to it. And when that happens, Donald Trump is out of options. He can't delay it anymore. So when that happens, possibly in the next month or two, then this stuff is going to come to light. And it's all going to come together. The House Select Committee has already interviewed 200 people that were very close to the Trump administration on that day. We know that Eric and Laura Trump had burner phones, and we know that information will be provided. We know that uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle helped to fundraise to get all these insurrectionists into D.C. and help them set up and stay and pay for whatever costs were there. And then we'll have the documents coming out of the National Archives about Donald Trump's communication in and around January 6th. When all this comes out, it'll be very apparent on how much they were involved. They were very involved, as a matter of fact. So it's taken some time. And for those people that say nothing's happening, nothing's ever going to happen, I'll tell you right now, it's bullshit. There's been a lot happening. Some people just won't be happy until they see Donald Trump or somebody else in handcuffs and dragged off to jail. That may or may not happen. But don't tell me nothing's happening because plenty is fucking happening. And it's going to speed up between now and 2022, I guarantee you. So, anyway, we've got more to talk about. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, we're going to try to get through a lot of topics in the second half. There's a lot of stuff coming on, not expansive stories, but stories nonetheless that are important 
this one being the most important, the one that people are thinking about. Of course, there's reports of a new COVID variant in South Africa. Apparently, there's some in Israel and some in Hong Kong. And this variant they're calling Omicron, I think is what they're calling it. There's been a couple of different names for it. But what they're finding out about this particular variant is that it's 500% more infectious than the original COVID, which is big news when you think that Delta was 70% more than the original COVID. So this is very infectious, and it's quickly passable or quickly passed on to other people. Now, Joe Biden is giving us restrictions for flights from South Africa, eight countries in South Africa. I don't know if he's done anything with Europe or Israel or anything like that. If he hasn't, he should. We need to learn a lesson from last time or the first time with COVID. It still got here, even though there weren't many here at the time and it didn't take long. And now we're closing in on 800,000 people dead. This is going to be a much different situation. Now, first, I want to say this, and this is my problem with the media. When they start reporting this new variant, it's all about gloom and doom. Just a matter of time, it's going to overtake the country again. It might even be resistant to vaccines and immunity. This is what they tell you. The real story is that it's too early to tell. Medical people are looking into it. They're trying to test it, figure it out, and see what it really does. Is it resistant to the vaccine? If it is, that's a problem. If it can get in this country, that's a big problem. But it's far too early to tell. There is no information on it. There aren't that many cases yet. Now, we know those cases can grow and it can spread very quickly, but we're not quite there yet. So instead of getting all excited about it and claiming the gloom and doom, let's let the people do what they do to find out what the facts are. Now, we should be much better off this time around if it's something that is coming to this country, because the first time around, we had Donald Trump as president called it a hoax, did nothing, threw out the strategy book, threw out the um, commission that uh, full of doctors that would handle this situation. He did absolutely fucking nothing for the COVID pandemic first time around. Now, you can bet that Joe Biden's not going to do that. There have been other pandemics that have gone across the world, and we've been relatively protected by it because Our president, whoever that might have been at any given time, had done all the right things to protect this country. Donald Trump did not. That's why we had the mess we had, the problems that occurred, and the nearly 800,000 people dead. You can be sure that Joe Biden will handle it much differently. It'll be better handled than what we saw the first time around. But this is a concern. The biggest concern, is it resistant to the vaccine? If it's not resistant to the vaccine, it's going to come to this country if it does, and it's going to impact all those unvaccinated. And now the kids can be vaccinated. I'm not quite as worried. 
That was my big concern. It wasn't me. It wasn't even the adults. You've got little kids that are innocent and that can't get the vaccine. But now anybody over five, five or over, can get the vaccine. So anybody who wants it will have it. But here's the thing that we have to understand. This just isn't a problem for this country, for the United States. It's a worldwide problem. Now, in our country, we have a... uh, an abundance of vaccines. Anybody who wants a vaccine can get it. Yes, it is a problem that there are many people out there, maybe as many as 80 million people, that refuse to take the vaccine. Well, there's not much we can do about that. Whatever happens is going to happen. And to be perfectly honest with you, with all we know, if they get sick and they get hospitalized and some die, I can't feel too badly for them. I mean, it's terrible when humans get sick and die. But when you have the option to save yourself from that and you choose not to, you have to think, wow, I mean, the option was there. Why didn't they do it? And if they didn't do it, they get sick and die. How are we supposed to feel sorry for them? We tried hard, very hard with mandates and all these sorts of things to get people to take it, but they fucking refused because they'd rather listen to QAnon or Donald Trump or the Republican Party, all of which are vaccinated, but they're telling them not to get vaccinated, which makes no goddamn sense to me. If you're a Republican Party and you want to win elections, you need votes. When this virus is killing people, and killing Republicans five to one against Democrats, mathematically, that's fucking stupid. Why would you do that? Anyhow, this is happening. We need to pay close attention to what the medical authorities say and not get too hyped up about it. In spite of what the media will tell you, it's not gloom and doom yet. And there are still things they can do. We have to be careful. We've already gone through this once, so we have to know what we're dealing with. But let's not get excited talking shit and getting this gloom and doom bullshit before we know it's an issue. They want the clickbait. They want the viewers, and they want to scare you. I'm tired of being scared in this country. You can't get anywhere with fear. You can only get somewhere with strength. Let's know what we have working for us. And let's work hard to get it done. All right, there's um, another situation, and I find this one interesting. Apparently, the president of the Ukraine, Zelensky, has called Joe Biden. And he says he believes that Vladimir Putin and Russia have plans to mount a coup in his country. Now, some people, some Republicans, and maybe even some Democrats will say, well, we don't care about that. That's just the Ukraine. We got our own problems. And to an extent, that's true. But this problem, this potential problem in the Ukraine can affect us and can affect the rest of the world. Now, it's one thing for the president to say that they're making plans. But we know, our military knows that... uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russians are amassing weapons and artillery and those sorts of things near the border of the Ukraine, which is very disturbing and lends some uh, credibility to what 
President Zelensky is saying. Beyond that, we already know that Putin has already tried this once before to think this is happening. Isn't that crazy? But here's the thing. Vladimir Putin and the Russian military are bullies. This is what they do. They bully and they bully. You remember when the USSR fell and then it was the Russians? Well, they're trying to get back the USSR. They're trying to take over these satellite countries to make themselves more powerful. And they will do whatever they have to do to get it done. Now, here's the problem. This idiot and this bully, Vladimir Putin, has had free reign for four and a half years. All the time under the Donald Trump regime, Donnie and Vladimir Putin have been BFFs, best friends. And these two clowns are pretty similar, to be perfectly honest with you. Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin are two peas in a pod. They're both bullies. They're both both uh, have uh, mindsets of authoritarianism, autocratic, corrupt, criminal, even to the point of coups. Now we've got uh, Vladimir Putin considering mounting a coup in the Ukraine. And funny, Donald Trump mounted a coup, an attempted coup, in his own country, the United States. These two people are the same, and all the time that Donald Trump was in office, Vladimir Putin had free reign. We were the one company, a country that had the strength to shut him down. But when Donald Trump was in office, we didn't do that. They went off into rooms and talked about stuff that nobody was allowed to hear, which I find kind of strange. So now Joe Biden's in kind of a tight spot. This clown, Vladimir Putin in Russia, has been allowed to run roughshod, do whatever the fuck he wants. Now somehow he's got to get a bully under control. Now I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Russia is very strong. We have to be careful with them. And yes, it's true. They do have a similar amount of nuclear weapons as to what we have. But you've got to understand more about this country. This country's economy, the entire economy of Russia, is in the shitter. It's terrible. People are struggling. People are starving. A large percentage of people in this country hate the Vladimir Putin regime. So this country, beyond the nuclear weapons, is pretty unstable, pretty weak. And with a country like ours and some of the other countries around the world, Russia depends on us for what they import, how they survive. And if we, the the United States and the other countries, say, fuck you, you stop this shit now or we're going to cut you off. Now, you're going to have a lot of people having big problems. Now, The problem here is if you do that, then you're going to punish a lot of innocent Russian uh, citizens. But you got to do something. So that's what Joe Biden's going to have to do. He's going to have to be tough. He's going to have to change the narrative of what Vladimir Putin has been able to do for four years under Donald Trump. 
but it's absolutely essential that he does do it. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of problems. And say they take the Ukraine, then what happens? Then they're going to go after another country and another country. You can't let bullies run roughshod. you got to play tough in return. So they stop. Russians have done it before. They've pushed the limits, and we've pushed them back, and they've stopped. Never happened during Donald Trump's term, but it's going to have to happen with Joe Biden's term and some of the other countries around the world. We'll see if that happens. I I have a lot of confidence in Joe Biden. He understands how this game is played, and he plays it pretty well, as we've seen. So expect Vladimir Putin to get a little more pushback than he's been used to. And we'll see how he responds to that. All right. A few other things in the works. Lauren Boebert. This ignorant piece of shit. I mean, literally, she is ignorant. She's the one that got her GED prior to winning the election. Now, I'm not putting down people who have a GED. God bless you for understanding your need for getting your high school diploma and going after it and do it. My problem with Lauren Boebert is is she's a horrible person. She's an uneducated person. Even though she got the GED, my guess is she probably gamed the, the system to fucking get it. She didn't earn it on her own. And now she's spewing all these conspiracy theories and inflammatory things and really not accomplishing much in, uh, in this country, in office, in Congress. So Lauren Boebert starts talking about Ilhan Omar. I never understood why everybody was so scared of AOC and Ilhan Omar. They're representatives in Congress, sure, but they only represent small communities. They don't have a lot of power. But what they do have is they're women, they're women of color, they're smart, and they're strong, and they speak out. And for a lot of white men and apparently some white women, that's a bridge too far. We can't have that. We can't have you uppity people of color speaking out and being smart about it. What the fuck is going on? Well, anyway, she was talking about meeting up with um, Ilhan Omar in an elevator. And she was suggesting that Ilhan Omar was a terrorist and that she might be a suicide bomber, that she felt better when she got in the uh, elevator with Ilhan because she didn't have a backpack. She thought that was funny. But what she said was very inflammatory, very racist, And she got a lot of heat for it. And then she did something she's never done before. And I wonder why. Today, she apologized for saying those things. She said, we've got enough other things to debate on in terms of policy. We shouldn't have to bother with these ridiculous things. Well, thanks for noticing, Lauren. It was fucking ridiculous. It was racist and inflammatory. But she apologized. Why is that, do you think? Could it be that people are asking that she be expelled from Congress? She might get it anyway through the insurrection thing. Or could it be that they took Paul Gozar to to Congress and censured him and took away all his 
committee assignments. Yeah, the Democrats proved that they weren't going to fuck around. They were going to do what exactly what they say, and there will be some consequences. And there's nothing that somebody like Lauren Boebert hates more than anything is consequences or being accountable. Once she did what she did, even though Kevin McCarthy won't speak out against her officially, I'm sure somebody pulled her aside and said, you better stop fucking around. They're going to do to you what they did to Paul Gosar, and it's just going to get worse. So somehow, somebody talked reason to Lauren Boebert, and she apologized. I'm sorry, that's not a fucking enough. That's just not a fucking enough. But we'll see how this all plays out. The whole insurrection thing and her connection into it will be exposed soon, so this might be a minor glitch compared to the other things she was involved in. Now I want to talk about Kamala Harris. You got all these Republicans just appalled by the fact that apparently Kamala Harris bought uh, $500 worth of cookware. Oh, she's this rich woman buying cookware and everybody's starving. Well, you know what? Not everybody's starving. Fewer people now are starving than when the Republicans were in. This child care Uh, tax credit, that cut child poverty in half. And this upcoming Build Back Better bill will help put money in a lot of people's pockets, help them find jobs, help them have money for food and shelter and those sorts of things. But the Republicans want to shame Kamala Harris for spending $500 in cookware. Now, I wouldn't do that, but that doesn't mean I'm going to fault her for doing it. She makes a few bucks as vice president of the United States. And if she wants to do that, fuck, go ahead. And how dare you shame her for that? When your Lord and Savior, Donald Trump, spent $130,000 just to keep a porn star from talking. Or some of the dresses that uh, the first lady under Donald Trump wore. $75,000, $100,000 for an outfit. She's supposed to be a former supermodel, but uh, nobody's ever seen any place where she's modeled. But she sure wore some expensive outfits. And they're worried about Kamala Harris spending $500 on cookware. That's just how ridiculous the Republican Party is. You know, it just amazes me because when you know all those things that Donald Trump spent money on, I mean, shit, he, he pulled in people to his golf courses, Secret Service and other people. And then he made the government pay him to put these people up while he's golfing. How much money did he make doing that? Nobody said a word from the Republican side. But $500 for Kamala Harris to buy cookware. My God, that is crazy. That is insulting to this country. Fuck you, Republicans. You're such hypocrites. And, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, when you know Donald Trump spent $130,000, and this has been proven, to shut up a porn star, how are you not smart enough to know that when you complain about some minimal amount spent by by the vice president, that we aren't going to bring that up? Jesus Christ, how stupid can you fucking be? And let's talk about that. Let's talk about money 
received or spent by Donald Trump. There's something really strange going on. This is unprecedented. And trust me, there's going to be an investigation in this, and there's going to be a lot of Republicans upset about it. Apparently, the RNC is taking on some of the legal fees that Donald Trump is incurring. Now, these aren't fees that he incurred for situations when he was president. This is prior to being president, prior to even running for the presidency. But the Republican National Committee is willing to pay some of Donald Trump's legal fees to the tune of, what, $125,000? Isn't Donald Trump a billionaire? Hasn't he grifted every one of his Trumplicans for hundreds of millions of dollars? Yet he needs the RNC to pay for his legal fees, $125,000. And how does he get that done? I'm guessing with a little coercion. Either they give him the money or he starts outing some Republicans. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I think that's largely how he's done what he's done. He's got a lot over a lot of these Republicans and some Democrats, like Manchin, and he's holding it over their heads to get what he wants. Well, that's only going to last so long. And there are people in the Republican Party that are upset by the fact that the RNC is paying Donald Trump's legal fees. He's not even the fucking president anymore. So this is going to cause a rift in the Republican Party. And I think ultimately that's going to be the problem with the Republicans. There are going to be people that want to stay aligned with Donald Trump. But people are going to see that that's a no-win situation, and they're going to drift back to the more normal side of the Republican Party. Now, those people that were in hip deep with Donald Trump, I have to say, they should never be welcomed back into the normal part of the Republican Party. Let's be fucking perfectly honest with you. There's only two that we know for sure. We keep hearing that there are others in the background ridiculing Donald Trump, but they won't say it in public. So even though they may think Donald Trump is criminal or corrupt or a bad part of the Republican Party, the fact that they won't step up, they're cowards, and they won't say that to public, they're just as guilty as Donald Trump, as far as I'm concerned. So all I know of is two members of the Republican Party in Congress that are righteous, and that would be Kinzinger and Cheney, the two on the House Select Committee. So we're going to be finding out a lot of things. Things are starting to come to pass now. I know people have been impatient and they've been waiting, but you're seeing more and more things starting to fall. And when they start to fall, it's going to come quickly. So just be patient. Do not come back at me and say, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's ever going to happen. That fucking pisses me off more than some of the Republicans and the things they say. Because that is a whiny, spoiled kid talking. I didn't get what I want now, so it's never going to happen. And you want people to be upset and just rush their way through it and give you what you want because you're upset. That's how fucking kids play games. You're in a serious fight here. You're in a serious battle. Be a fucking warrior or go sit on the couch and shut up. Because we have no need or no use for fucking naysayers. People just whining and pouting about it. And I apologize if you take offense to this, but I take great offense to those people that do that. Anyway, 
We're coming to the end of yet another show, the Rational Boomer Podcast. I want to thank you for spending time with me here. If you have questions, comments, complaints, whatever, you can email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm and leave me a voicemail. I hope you have a great day. We will be back very shortly. So we'll see you next time on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.